Welcome to the podcast of Grace and Peace Church. Before we get to the Sunday message, we want to share a need that we have as a community. We had to burn through our savings during the COVID pandemic, and we would like to replenish that in order to stay on mission and continue doing ministry as Grace and Peace Church. If you find any value from what we're doing as a podcast or as a church community, we'd invite you to check out the GoFundMe. There's a link in the description in the show notes, as well as on our social media, Instagram, Facebook, or on our website at graceandpeacechurch.org. And uh, you can read more on that GoFundMe page about what we're doing and support what we're doing. Grace and peace to you as you participate and prayerfully support what's happening and what God is doing through this community and keeping it alive. Grace and peace to you. I'm going to be teaching, so as we always do, I want to kind of point out what we we teach on, um, is we teach through the lectionary, and I threw the link in there so you guys can see it, so you can see where we're going. And if you ever want to look ahead, you'll know exactly what we're preaching on. Um, but I thought it was funny that you talked about the soils because that's what we're going to talk about today. And I didn't even tell him that. So Holy Spirit thing, pretty rad. Um, but the teaching notes are in there and there's resources. There's going to be links uh, that you can check out. Uh, but really the core of it is there's going to be three passages that we're going to look at today. And the core of the passage um, builds on last week, which we talked about the yoke, right? Um, the yoke of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus. And um, the, uh, let me open this up, sorry. The, the core of it is listening versus hearing, okay? And maybe you've heard this. If you have kids, you definitely know what this is like to have kids that listen versus hear. Um, and those moments where that happens, and maybe you've experienced it yourself. Um, but we're gonna, so we're going to talk about that idea of just listening versus hearing. And I'll give you guys a definition here in a second, but I want to give you an example of it. Um, I'm a big fan of dad jokes. Maybe some of you are as well. Why are the mountains so good at listening? Why are the mountains so good at listening? Because of all the mountaineers. (laughs) All right. Um, This one, you can substitute girlfriend for whoever, but uh, my girlfriend said to me, "Are are you even listening to me? Strange way to start a conversation. I think my wife says that to me quite often. Um, like, huh? What are you? Oh, I wasn't even listening. I'm not hearing. The, dif- the difference between the two is pretty key. And I want to show you a clip that I think defines it pretty clearly. And you've probably seen this before. And if you haven't, you're in for a treat because Linda Listen is core to listening. Okay? So check this out. Like, like, I do this all the time. If I go out at the, at the house with the little girl, Matthew has his toys, and then Matthew has all his toys. Okay, but I have to yell at you guys. Okay, Linda, Linda, listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, Linda, listen. Okay, what? Like, everything they do at this house, they can touch everything at Grandma's house. Okay. Okay, then what? Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. I asked you not to do something. No, but listen to me. Look at if we do something, if you get that out that bird thing off, you're gonna break it. Okay, but I'm asking I'm letting you know but that you cannot no, Linda, Linda, I'm li- look it, look it. You're not listening to me. Linda, listen to me now. Listen to me now. Listen to me. No, you're not listening. I said no cupcakes. 
and you try to get cupcakes and you try to ask grandma. Linda, Didn't you? Linda, lick it, lick it, lick it. If we do something right just if we get closer, she can't even get them. She can burn your butt. What's going to bring your butt? You and Kevin don't listen. So I have to give both of you guys pop pals in your butt. But Linda, but Grandpa's going to give me pop pals in the butt. No, he's not. Yeah. I have to, you want? You don't want me to hit Kevin or you don't want me to spank you? No. If you want to watch the full thing, keep going. But you get the point? You're going to get bop ups. We're not listening. Linda, you're not listening. So you can see the conversation that's going on there. And he's just like, no, I'm not getting what I want. And you're not getting what you want, so you're not listening. So, Linda, listen, okay? Um, hearing is the process, the function, or power of perceiving sound, right? Of perceiving sound. It's passive, okay? The little three-year-old boy is not, he's not listening, right? <laughs> and he is so frustrated that Linda's not listening to him. Because there's simply hearing going on. There's a passive, like, I have an agenda. I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to listen to you right now. Listening is paying attention to a message in order to hear it. And I'm not just talking about my message. I'm talking about just messages. Um, To understand it and to physically or verbally respond to it. Right? Um, I have conversations with my kids sometimes where I know that they're not listening. They're hearing but they're already talking back to me with a response, right? So they're not listening. They're already trying to communicate their point once again. And, um, and maybe you've experienced this in your life in various areas, but listening is such a key ingredient. And, and I know this may be redundant. You might be like, I've already heard all this before. Like, I know what I should be doing. But let's talk about it some more because I believe that there are some tools that we can use to be better listeners, to be better disciples when it comes to deepening our faith in Jesus that, that moves us from hearing to listening, okay? And, and I hope this doesn't get lost in the simplicity of it uh, because I think sometimes we get distracted quickly and we start hearing other sounds and other voices and other things that, that quickly pull us into another direction, right? So I want to share the first passage that we see in the lectionary this week. I warned you it was small text, but I wanted it all in one screen so that it's all in the same context. And so if you have your phone, if you need more, like you need to zoom in or whatever, and you want to read it, um, if that's kind of confusing for you and you can't see that, then please do that. Um, But this passage from Isaiah is going to be read over you. And I would encourage you to listen and then we're going to hear. And we're going to talk about Lectio Divina today because I think of how core it is to it. But this passage, just to like get us rolling into our, even our understanding of who God is and what's going on and how sometimes uh, biblical language can be very poetic in speaking a larger truth, right? So let me read it. And then as I read it, if you need to close your eyes, if you want to just listen to it the first time, See what word or phrase stands out. That's it. Don't overthink it. Just see what word or phrase stands out. Isaiah 55, 10 through 13. As the rain and the snow came down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower 
and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall be to the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So what, for, what phrase or words or word singular stands out to you? This poetic language, I think, describes the heart of God in planting seeds, seeds that begin to transform our lives, that begin to grow in us, depending on how the soil is, which we'll get to, uh, which you'll see the connection between this passage and the the next passages we're going to read, talking about the four soils. But what do you begin to see about God in the midst of this passage? And again... My hope and purpose is that we begin to transform how we gather on a Sunday morning, that it moves from passive listening to active listening. And I'm not saying that you are passive. I'm just saying that sometimes we can get into a routine on Sunday that it's listening to someone up front and not necessarily engaging our own minds and thinking and allowing the Holy Spirit to move. And so things like this, where we begin to read Scripture, allows us to hear from God and allows that soil to be prepared and seeds to be planted and for us to grow and develop in our discipleship to Jesus. And so, what word or phrase stands out? What does this say about who God is in your life? Go ahead and shout it out if you want. We're not going to shout out the next passage we're going to do, but this one we'll shout out. If you want just just to share a a word or a phrase that stands out to you, go for it. Peace. His word shall not return empty. That's good. I'm going to repeat them just so people can hear it on the podcast. Any others? Bring forth. Any others that stand out? Burst into song. I love that. Any others? Don't be scared. No one's going to judge you for your phrase or word. The beautiful picture that it points to nature and what we see created around us, I believe points to the power of God. And I love the middle phrase that it has purpose, that God's purpose and intention is to send us out in joy and then bring us back in peace. And I love that language because sometimes we go out in joy and the world destroys us and we have to come back and we need peace, right? Because the world's been either tumultuous in some way, um, rude to us in some way, damaging in some way, taxing in some way, right, during the week. And I love that it says that God brings us back in peace, that he brings that wholeness, the shalom, the, the reuniting with what is good and the way things that 
God intended it for to be, there's this wholeness that takes place, a healing that takes place. And that's what we see in that word peace when we see it in Scripture. That we're sent out in joy and sometimes we get thrashed and then we come back and God brings us back in peace. Reconnects us. Brings that wholeness once again. I hope that Scripture begins to speak to us um, and begins to have this, this liveliness to it that is sometimes lost if you've been around the church for a long time, right? That it can become stale, that it can sometimes become very daunting to have so many pages and so many passages that maybe you just, you're scratching your head going, I don't know what this is about, but I hope that we can create a hunger for, for what God is trying to speak to us in, and, and it needs to be sometimes just in bite-sized chunks. Um, Jesus builds on this dynamic way of seeing God, um, this metaphor, I guess. Um, it's used a lot when you talk about soil and you talk about seeds being planted and what God is doing to bring about life. Uh, a lot of what we see in this poetic language is a planting and then that planting bearing life, right? Trees, that there is bread uh, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, that it's ultimately meant to nourish us, that what God is doing is bringing new life into us in various ways, and it's done very poetically through nature, um, and I, I love that. And so um, what I want to do is build on last week, because last week we talked about the yoke that you take on when we follow Jesus, that uh, we are yoked up with Jesus, that we are kind of like the oxen that have the yoke around our shoulder. Um, the metaphor that Jesus uses there is taking on Jesus' teaching, that when we begin to take on Jesus' teaching, it transforms life because we're working shoulder to shoulder with God. Like, let that sink in for a second, right? Like, God is working with us. Um, he, he does his part, and what's beautiful about a yoke is that you share the load, Right? that it's not all on you. There's a participatory angle to it, yes, but it's not all on you, that there gets to be this extra added power in whatever you're going through in the work that you're doing. And, um, and then if you take that metaphor even further, the point of the yoke was what? To pull a plow. And the plow was intended to do what? Turn up the soil to then do what? Plant a seed. To then do what? Grow something that then does what? Brings life and feeds us, right? So that the work wasn't meant to be just work for the sake of like turmoil and sweat and just difficulty and challenge and frustration, right? It was meant to do all these other things that then ultimately come back to nourishing and life, right? And meaning and purpose that that's what God's yoking us up to do. It's not meant to be just work for the sake of, uh, I don't know, back to Monday again, right? <laughs> or I can't wait for Friday. It was meant to be work. It's meant to have purpose and meaning. And, and that's woven not just in our day-to-day -day jobs, but in our lives, like in how we treat people and how we um, interact with others. And so I just, these metaphors, I just, I love them. And I love how it begins to give meaning to our discipleship, to Jesus, um, that it teaches us and trains us.
So I thought we'd spend some time talking about how we do that. How do we yoke up to Jesus? How do we begin to plant those seeds? And how do we begin to um, nurture that soil? And I know I'm probably a bit of a broken record in talking about Lecta Divina, but I believe that this tool is a very, very powerful way to help us in our listening and our hearing um, of Jesus' teaching. So as you read Scripture, it begins to transform us. And this single tool, I believe, changes and transforms our life to Jesus. Like, I believe it is powerful in how simple it is. And I know this sounds like a cheesy, like, I don't know, infomercial to talk about it this way and to keep talking about it over and over. Um, I think of, like, you guys remember Billy Mays? <laughs> okay, I, I just feel like I don't, I'm not trying to get to that point, but I feel like in some ways I do that. Um, OxyClean, you guys remember that one? Yeah, so good, right? Um, don't just clean it. OxyClean, he's, like, so intense about it. But that's how I feel about Lectio Divina. I feel like it's just so important and so valuable um, I don't want it to be an infomercial. I want it to be something that like, you recognize how valuable and how important it can be. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about it um, just from like, how it works, what it's intended to do, and then let's actually let's, let's practice it again. I know we started out with it a little bit and got a little glimpse of it, but I want to do it a little bit more with the passage that we are going to use today talking about the soils, um, what Jesus uses. And so... Lectio Divina is, uh, it originated in the 6th century by St. Benedict. You've probably heard that name, St. Benedict. Um, but Lectio Divina is like, it's a traditional monastic practice of scriptural reading, meditation, prayer, and reflection, and allowing scripture to really take root into our lives. And, um, and again, this might be familiar to you, but really the intention of Increasing knowledge sometimes moves us from a place of hearing and keeps us in a place of listening, right? Um, and, and, and I'm not, like, trying to be, again, anti-intellectual. I, think some, I don't think our problem in, like, Christianity is being intellectual enough. I think sometimes it's being reflective enough and hearing and practically living out our faith uh, more, because we can overthink things, right? We can overanalyze. Linda, listen, listen. No, no, no. I have my agenda, right? Linda, Linda, and we can overanalyze and continue to do it. And and again, like I said in the very beginning, like I I don't want to make this trite or oversimplify it, but I think it's such a core part of our faith that transforms us into like a real meaningful discipleship that really begins to take root and do miraculous things in our lives. Um, because as in any relationship, if you overanalyze it, you kind of kill it, right? And I'm not saying you don't analyze it. You don't have times, like Katie and I have times where we have budget meetings and we have like very like serious talks about a relationship and what's going on. But if we're always analyzing and always trying to figure out a relationship, it kind of robs the joy of like, Let's just go on a date night and hang out and enjoy and have fun together, right? And I think that, that that balance has to be woven into our relationship with God as well. That if we're always analyzing it, it could get to the point where it's just like, this is draining. Like, <laughs> it's draining being a Christian, you know? Like, and I think what, what Lecto Divina begins to do is gives us space to, there's an element of analyzing it. There's an element of like 
studying it and researching it a little bit, but there's more so a, a moment of like, what are you speaking into my life right now, God? Like, what do I need to hear now? Because some phrase that stood out to you may not stay, stand out to someone next to you, right? The phrase that we, the, the passage that we just read, you all kind of, everybody kind of came up with something different. And, and that's the Holy Spirit, I think, speaking and moving through Scripture to where it becomes very relational, uh, very active instead of passive. Um, and so a great way to remember it, so the, if you don't have the Lectio Journal to guide you through it, which we have in the back, you can take for free. Again, it's not, this isn't like a Billy Mays pitch. This is just like a guide for you to help you. Um, I hope it helps you in your journey, not hinders you. Um, and it should never be like a legalist, like I have to do this every single day, um, or I'm a horrible Christian. Like this is just a guide, okay? Uh, it's helped to help um, lead us in, in our discipleship. And so, um, again, this is about reading, it's about meditation, it's about prayer, and it's about contemplation. And a great way to remember it is, uh, someone shared me with, with me the four R's, and it's read, reflect, respond in prayer, and rest in silence. So read, respond, uh, read, reflect, respond, and rest. And I think when we have that understanding that like the point of it is to read it, See the, see the words, see what, what Jesus is talking about um, if you're in the Gospels. See what it says. Respond or reflect on that. Begin to go, you know what? Like, what is Jesus trying to teach me right now? Because it may be different next week. You never know. You may read that same passage, and next week you got a different thing going on, and, and the Holy Spirit speaks differently. And then you respond in prayer. So you spend some time like going, okay, so what are you trying to do in my heart right now? Like, what, how does this connect to my current situation in my life and the phase that I'm in, the season that I'm in? And then you rest in silence and you just spend some time just allowing God's spirit to move. Because if we truly believe the Holy Spirit is real, then the Holy Spirit will speak and will speak to our hearts and will probably prompt us in gentle ways. If you feel guilt, shame, like rejection in some way, that's not God. That's like probably your mind, which you got to sort through and discern. Um, but rest in it, and then begin to see how God's word begins to speak and really challenge you in the midst of it. Where this comes from is Psalm 46. Well, there's a lot of passages, but the simple version of it is, be still and know that I am God. Being still allows God to speak into us and allows God to, um, I think, speak encouragement, speak wisdom, speak life into our current situation. Um, and if we don't allow that space, then again, we're just coming and just going, Linda, listen, listen, here's what I need, God, and I need it from you now, and here's my agenda, right? And then God's like, okay, let's take a little time out. <laughs> Hold on, you're not, you're not hearing me. Um, and, and so what Lectio Divina does is it gives us that, that space to begin to allow it to be a two-way conversation um, rather than just bringing our list to him. So... Um, I'm going to read this passage, and the first one, I want you to just listen for a word or phrase that catches your attention or your curiosity, your interest, um, that just stands out to you. Um, and again, it's in the, the digital bulletin if you want need to read it um, as we read it through. But I'm going to read one time, and again, the text will be a little bit small, but see what word or phrase begins to stand out to you in this reading. So here we go. 
Did I throw that? Yeah, Jesus. So this was Matthew 13, 1 through 9. We're going to read the first chunk of it. And the second chunk, Jesus kind of interprets it, but we're going to start with this one. So Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. It's like my yard, just weeds everywhere. But when the sun rose and they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them out. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. So my encouragement would be, what phrase or word stands out? And then in the digital bulletin, in the connect card, send it in the, to me. Just write it in there so we don't have to shout them out. But take some time to reflect. You have a moment of silence. And then I'm going to read it one more time. And then we'll move into the next one. And I know this has like a bit of a slower pace to it. But just, it's okay. We can do that. That's what church is for. Um, but see what phrase stands out. And if you want to write it down or if you want to send it to me, send it through the Connect card. Um, and just allow the Spirit to speak to you. So then this is going to be part two, the next passage where Jesus explains it a little bit further and begin to see what phrase or word stands out to you in this one. Hear then the parable, parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the world, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundred, in another, it continues on, um, 60, and in another 30. Sorry, I cut that off. That was my bad. So I'll read it one more time and then see what phrase stands out to you about this one. Because again, the Holy Spirit will speak to us. Hear then the parable of the sower. 
when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy. Yet, such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundred, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Take a moment and write down what phrase or word stands out to you. These two passages, and the first one as well, actually, all three, really follow up great to last week in understanding how we relate to God and whether or not the soil of our heart is willing to receive the Word of God. And as I mentioned before, I believe that the Word of God is intended to bring life, that it's intended to transform us from the inside out. The seed is intended to bear fruit, right? The intention is that it begins to yield, in one case, 100, another 60, another 30. So it's kind of different for all of us is what Jesus is saying. But there will be fruit. There will be something that will happen as a result of our life and this, the seed being planted in our life and bearing fruit. Um, so I guess the question I bring to us is, how is the soil of our heart? And I know that we can have seasons where the soil can be very productive and the soil can be prepared and ready and we're, it's been plowed and it's ready to, to be planted um, and, and bear fruit bear crops, begin to really have an impact on the world around us. But I believe that requires intentionality about how we prepare our lives, right? How we begin to listen or hear, right? The difference between those two. Um, and I think it's so key that we move from just a, a hearing, the way that sometimes our children do, um, to a move to a listening, to an understanding, to an internalizing, to a shaping that begins to say, I'm going to be actively listening, actively hearing what's going on, and not just like decibels coming in my ears or decibels moving through my brain that just begin to um, just be words on a page, but actually transform life from the inside out. And I think there's something so beautiful that happens when we do that. Jesus says there, let anyone with ears listen, right? Jesus understood that core value. It says in Matthew 7, it says, therefore, anyone who hears the words of mine and put them into what? Practice. 
like the key ingredient wasn't just hearing it. It wasn't just being like, I heard a lot of sermons all my life. I read a lot of scripture. I've been through the Bible many times. It was like practice. Like he's like, I don't want you just to hear these words of mine. Like, please don't just hear them. Like that would be a, a big gap between what I intend here. And so the goal was that it would be put to practice. This is like the wise man who built his house on a rock. Another analogy we don't need to get into, but a great parable that we don't need to get into. But the soil being prepared is like just recognizing that we have soil. We can have good soil that's ready to hear or listen, right? Um, And actually internalize what's happening. And that key ingredient of putting it into practice demonstrates whether or not we are hearing or listening, right? The practice, the proof of what's actually happening is the key ingredient. So listening is paying attention to a message in order to hear it, understand it, and physically or verbally respond to it. My favorite thing is that when I'm talking to my daughters and they respond and look at me and make eye contact, and there's like a meaningful conversation. I love that. It's so beautiful. It's like one of my favorite things, like watching them engage in a conversation that's meaningful, like going from like a baby, right, to this point where we start to have a, a talk. I love that. And I believe that that is what God loves as well. I'm just going to close with that. I, I believe that like when we have that, oh, that, just that gaze, that conversation with God, that's what Lectio Divina does is where we look and we have this conversation that's meaningful, that's engaging, that transforms us, that that is so beautiful. And I think that that's what God longs for on a moment-by-moment basis. And so may we be listening. May we be fully in tune with what's happening with what God is doing in our lives. Let me pray us out. Lord, thank you so much for your word. We are so grateful for community to listen to your word and and sit with your word together um, to not just be hearers, but to be listeners that uh, seek your face, that, that turn our gaze to you, God, in the same way that you do on a very, very consistent basis, even when we turn our backs to you and we get distracted with cupcakes or whatever it is, God. Lord, help us to be listening in a way that uh, just is is meaningful and powerful, that it not only transforms us from the inside out, but then begins to make us people who are loving, who are patient, who are kind, who are generous in the world that you've called us to live into. Um, Continue to transform us today, and as we go into the rest of this week, um, may we just use tools like Lectio Divina to transform our relationship with you and our discipleship to you, Jesus. We love you, and uh, we pray this in your name. Amen. Let's read our, our blessing together. Rejoice in knowing that we never walk alone. Know the grace and peace of Christ walking beside us, guiding and protecting us. Let's share this comfort with one another and feel his presence each moment of each day. God bless. Have a great afternoon. Look for that email. I'll send it out. Sign up for Fifth Sunday in the next couple weeks. uh, Have a great day.